Today's topic is planning a prepared set. Let's get into it right now. This is Share the Knowledge. Microphone check, one, two, one, two. What's going on? Welcome to the Share the Knowledge podcast for DJs. I'm your host, DJ TLM. This is episode 89, and today's topic is planning a prepared set. If you've been following me for any amount of time, you've probably heard me mention that I mostly play freestyle. That being said, I definitely have experience playing prepared sets. So in today's episode, I want to talk about my process. If I were to prepare a set, I also want to talk about the pros and cons of using a prepared set because there's definitely pros and cons when it comes to that. I also want to mention that this is part three of sort of a podcast trilogy. So make sure you check out episode 87 and 88. Episode 87 was all about selecting tracks for a set. Episode 88 was all about preparing your music files for a set. And now we're going to talk about actually preparing a set. Before we get into it, if you want to check out my other DJ related content, make sure you follow me on YouTube. The channel is DJ TLM TV and on all other social platforms. My handle is DJ TLM. So that's Mixcloud, Soundcloud, Anchor, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitch, you name it. I'm there. Follow me. And that's it for the plugs. Let's just get into the episode. So first off, what is a prepared set? Well, simply put, after you select songs and you prepare your music files, so you add your cue points, maybe you set some loops, maybe you even edit certain tracks. Once you went through that process, you're now going to take those songs and you're going to decide ahead of time in which order you're going to play the tracks. So what's going to be my starting track? What am I going to play after that? After that, okay, you're going to go through that entire list, make that list. Then you're going to decide when and where you're going to do the transitions from track to track. And after you've done that, you're going to practice that entire process. So at the end, you're going to end up knowing exactly what to play. You're going to know the tempo you have to go through. You know the transitions you're going to do. You are now prepared to play that specific set. But what is the purpose of actually playing a prepared set? For some of you, it could be that you just don't have the experience of reading the crowd yet, because this is something you have to learn. If you've been playing in your bedroom, playing for people is a different ball game. You can practice the techniques at home. You can learn and actually really know your music by playing it all the time at home. And that is a great thing. But the missing element here is an actual audience. And learning how to read that crowd means that you have to play for a crowd. So you don't have that experience yet. And maybe you don't feel confident enough to just go out there with a bunch of songs and just start playing. In that case, if you have a prepared set, you now eliminate having to think about what you're going to play because you've already decided and prepared that. The lack of experience could be one reason, which leads into the next reason coming in with a prepared set can be a confidence boost because if this is one of your first gigs, you lack the confidence most likely. But if you prepared the mix you're going to do and you already know exactly what you're going to play, you know when and where to do your transitions, you've practiced that like three, four, five times, that's a confidence boost that can really help you out. And this is actually one of the main reasons why a lot of times I will actually tell beginner DJs that it's a good idea to have a couple of short prepared mixes. So I'm not talking about an entire set, 
but to have like two or three five minute to maybe 10 minute prepared mixes that you can use. So if you're a DJ that doesn't have a lot of experience yet playing in front of people and you just feel the nerves, if you start with five minutes that you prepared, those five first minutes should be pretty good because you prepared those mixes. This is like familiar territory. You're just gonna do that same transition for the sixth or seventh time because you practice at home and you did it four or five times. That will help you to overcome the initial nervousness. And if the first couple of mixes now go well, that is a confidence boost. So that can really help you out. It can also be that at a certain point within your set, you just don't know what to play next. This can happen. I've been there myself that I go through like vinyl crates or go through digital crates. And for a second there, I just don't have an idea what to play next. And I'm seeing all of these songs, but I don't really have anything that I feel will work right now. Sometimes just playing a prepared set allows you to step away from thinking about what to play next for a couple of minutes. And you have two, three songs, two, three mixes that you can do. And hopefully by that time, you caught the feeling again and you're good to go again. So those are reasons why having like those mini mixes could be a good thing to have in the beginning. Like I don't have them, but I can see how that can help you out. Another reason to play prepared sets is that it can enhance your performance. And I totally see that. I do the freestyle sets and after I'm done, I know that there were multiple moments within my set that were sloppy or at least could have been a lot tighter if I knew ahead of time what I was gonna do. This happens when I do like a freestyle little scratch session over an instrumental for a couple of bars or I do an impromptu beat juggle that I didn't prepare. So while I, when I start, that's when I decide what I'm gonna do and it doesn't always turn out that great. If I would have prepared that, that part of the set would have been much tighter. That being said, if I would have prepared the set, then I can't really go off a crowd's reaction. Now, one could say if you're live streaming, even if you have an audience, you're not really reading a crowd's reaction, so you could do more prepared sets. Maybe that's true. I just don't see myself actually taking the time for a weekly live stream to every time take a day, take hours to prepare an actual set. I have been in situations where I thought after the fact, I should have prepared this set. A set for the radio is one of those examples. Again, you're not playing for an audience. You're actually not getting any feedback at all. And I did those sets freestyle and I could feel that there was a lack of energy on my part because I wasn't receiving the feedback because I wasn't playing for an audience. So in that situation, the prepared set would have definitely enhanced my performance, which would have been better promotion for myself. So there is definitely a purpose for prepared sets on certain occasions. I also see DJs who go on tour and decide to tour with a prepared set. Now, not all DJs, but I've seen DJs do this. Also very good DJs who can freestyle with the best of them, but still choose to do a prepared set for a tour. Partially, I think this is also like a performance thing because if an artist goes on tour, they have a set that they're going to do on that tour. And like I said in the beginning, I've been touring with Brainpower for 23 years. When we did tours and when we do tours, 
we're not deciding on the spot what we're going to do. We're going to prepare that set. So he's going to decide, okay, these are the songs I want to perform during this tour. And let's find out in which order we're going to do the songs. Are there any special things we're going to do within the songs or between the songs? So something like a DJ routine or this is where I'm going to talk. This song is going straight into that song. You name it. Then you prepare that and then you go on tour and you're doing that performance as an artist. Now, I see DJs do the same thing when they go on tour. They're touring around different countries and in every venue they end up, they do that prepared set. I just personally haven't been a fan of it, even though I totally understand that if you go to different cities in different countries, all of those people are going to hear that set for the first time. Even though that changed in the last years because of the internet, because now sometimes on YouTube, you'll see a set by a DJ. And then a week later, you see another video from another country. And now you see that same set. Some people don't mind. To me personally, it's like, yeah, and I already heard that set. So I wouldn't want to hear that exact same set. I would want to come to a show and hear a DJ do something similar to that, but not the exact same thing, because then it takes out all of the elements of surprise. But that's me. A lot of people do not mind. Another reason why DJs do prepare sets when they go on tour is they'll go on tour with an MC and you're going to have a lot tighter of a performance when the MC also knows exactly what's going to happen because now the MC knows exactly when it's time to do some crown interaction work, uh, when to maybe announce something or say something before the track comes in. If the DJ is playing freestyle, the MC won't know what's going on. So I see reasons to prepare a set. I just don't do it a lot. Now, let's go through some of the times that I did actually prepare my sets. And one of the things I can think of is when I did my mini mixes on YouTube. So years ago, I did a couple of mini mixes. I did an LL Cool J. I did a Gangstar. And they had to be mini because at that time, YouTube had a restriction. You couldn't go over, I think... 10 minutes first after that it became something like 15 minutes but i was going to do a short set and i wanted that to be a tight set so again you're going to record a video that you're going to upload so you're not playing for a crowd so this is not an opportunity for you to get feedback from your crowd while you're playing it's going to be a short video and you want that video to be as tight as possible the performance and also if i'm doing that freestyle I'm going to waste time because if I'm doing a freestyle set, once I mix a new track in after that, I'm going to look in my crates. I'm going to look for the next song to play. If I only have a 10 minute window, you don't want to waste time looking for songs. So in that case, when you have that short time, it's a much better option to go for the prepared set. So I selected tracks I wanted to play. So for the LL Cool J mix, I selected the songs that I really liked. Then I had to take a look like, okay, which song I'm going to play first? Yeah, let me start with this. And what will fit nice with that one? So you're kind of looking at the BPM as well because you don't want to go all over the place with your BPM if you actually want to mix. I found what would work. I wrote down how much I had to either speed up or slow down the next track. So I knew the pitch movements I had to make and I practiced the EQ as well. So, okay, am I bringing the new track in with just full EQ, full volume, 
or am I bringing it in subtle? Whatever you want to do, however you use your EQ. I'm pretty basic with my EQ, but those are steps you will look at if you're going to prepare that set. So I wrote that down like, okay, this is the speed I'm playing it at. I'm playing this one at plus two. The next one is uh, minus one, sometimes minus one when I bring it in and then slowly bring it back to zero. Whatever the case may be, I write that down. Then I practice it. By doing that, by preparing that set, I was able to get more tracks, a more condensed set into the 10 minutes, which in the end gives you a better result for such a video. Now, if I'm doing a live set and I'm playing somewhere for two hours and I'm doing an LL Cool J tribute, I probably don't plan the entire two hour set. But if it's a special night and it is a tribute, maybe I do want to have a couple of portions in there that I do want to prepare just to make sure we have a couple of really memorable tight moments in there. Uh, I've done that once or twice that I just prepared like uh, a little part of like a, a 90 minute set and I had like five minutes in there that was prepared. So that's not a lot, but I wanted a little something in there that I actually had to work out how I was gonna do it, and I prepared that. Mini mixes on YouTube, I prepared those. Uh, the tours with brain power, I had to make sure I prepared all my files for that, had everything in the right order because I start most of the music. So I don't wanna waste time to look for the next song. So of course those songs are gonna be laid out in order for me to make sure if we need to go straight into a next track, I can go straight into a next track. Sometimes I'll have a track playing, an instrumental playing on one side, I'm doing scratches on the other side. And after that, we have to go straight into a next song. I can't waste time looking for songs. So that is a definite prep moment right there. I did probably prep a couple of other things, but some of those things were routine-based things, like the Michael Jackson routine. So I'm not counting that as a DJ set. Now, next to the video mixes, I've also done promo mixes for artists, like short mixtapes to promote upcoming albums for artists. That is another case of preparing the set. First off, it's a short promo mix, so again, limited time. I cannot waste time looking for songs. That has to be laid out and ready to go. You want that to be a performance that is as tight as possible because you are there to help promote an artist's upcoming work. So that has to be something that people hear and want to hear again and again. With that, I would get all of the tracks, the unreleased tracks, because the promo mix is coming out before the album release. I'm gonna go through those songs, listen and decide, okay, which one would work best? Let me find the order. I only get a limited time to play them. I'm not playing the entire song, of course, it's a promo. But then again, looking for the transition points, you name it. So for promo mixes, I definitely did prepare. Now I talked about routines, that's a different subject, but of course, routines and battles, you prepare that. The live shows, you prepare those. I never prepared radio sets, but that is one time that I feel I should have prepared sets as well, because you're playing for an audience that can hear you but can't see you. I could have performed better if I had prepared the sets. So what do I look for when I start to prepare a set? Well, you start with that song selection and the music prep. That part is done. All songs have been analyzed. I have a folder of songs that are going to be suitable for the set. They might not all end up in the set. That's something I'm going to find out once I'm done with the process. I'm going to see which tracks will fit well together. 
I know for a fact in advance, there's going to be songs that don't make the cut. Maybe I'll leave them in a separate folder just in case if I need more songs, but they won't end up in there. So I'm probably selecting twice the amount of tracks that I need, or at least 50% more than I need. So I do feel BPM is an important one because I don't want to jump all over the place, but it does kind of depend. I don't let BPM dictate everything. It has to be about the vibe as well. So if it means that sometimes I do have to make larger BPM transitions, that's not going to hold me back. But at first I do try to start at a certain point. So if I'm doing an entire set and this is going to be a set where I actually do get to start with a bit of a warm up, I will probably start with a lower tempo and take a look at the vibe of the songs. But this depends if you're doing a one hour set and you're playing prime time, there's no warm up songs in there. You're going to be starting at a totally different energy level. So this is something you have to look at for yourself. This is something I look at when I start to create the order of tracks. Does it start with a warm up vibe? Do I need to go straight into full on blast high energy? Is my entire set warm up? So can I stay, can I stay mellow throughout the entire thing or do I just want to have it all in there. And last but not least, let me not forget about one of the most important ones for me, my mixtapes. When I made my mixtapes, I would definitely prepare. There's a difference between recording a live set or making a mixtape. And I'll talk about that in a separate episode of the podcast. But when I did my mixtapes, I for sure prepared those because this is something I wanted people to listen to forever. So I wanted that performance to be as tight as possible especially in the beginning days when I was recording my first mixtapes on tape and I had to do a one take, I prepared to make sure that one take came out as tight as possible. So let's get into the process. How do I begin when I have my folder of songs? The first thing I look at when I start to make an order is of course the first track, the opener. How am I going to start my set? Now, again, it's very important. It's going to depend on what type of project I'm doing. If I'm doing a warm up set, I know I can start on a mellow vibe and maybe by the end of the warm up set, the energy level is going to be a bit more up, but I can definitely start with a lower tempo with a nice relaxed vibe. If I'm preparing a set for prime time, there's not going to be a warm up element. I need my first track to be something that immediately catches your attention. It has to have a certain amount of energy. Something has to happen. Something that's going to just capture the crowd's attention. Like I said, it kind of depends on what I'm doing, what type of set I'm doing. If I'm doing a mixtape, most of the times I will start with something that has a warm up feel to it, even if it already has a certain amount of energy, but I do want there to be a certain line that we can follow that goes up. And a lot of times with my mixtapes, especially my later, later mixtapes, that was the case that it would start at a certain point. And that could all already be like quite a bit of energy. It doesn't have to be like super slow, super low energy, but it would have a certain level and then take you up. And if it was like a 60 or 90 minute mix, you could feel that like by minute 45, you're going to be way higher up in energy, possibly also BPM, but that doesn't have to be the case. Now, talking about BPM, I probably start on a lower end 
of the BPM range that I'm using, but I'm not gonna stick to a BPM range. So it doesn't mean that I start slow and that I continuously increase while the tape continues. Sorry, I still call it a tape, but the mix continues. That doesn't have to be the case. I will try to stick to a BPM range for a while because I don't want it to be that from song to song, you're switching BPM ranges. You don't want to go 85, 110, 90, 120. That, that, that's not going to sound good. You're going to have too many crazy type of transitions. So yes, I will start with a BPM and I will try to take it from there and stick around that BPM or slowly go up. But if I feel that I need to go from one track to another track that is in a different BPM range, then I see, I look at the rest of my tracks to see if that is actually gonna be a possibility. And sometimes if I find like, hey, this track is super dope, but it's the only track in my entire set here that really has a different type of BPM, I might have to choose to just skip it because it doesn't really make sense for me to switch to a totally different BPM only to have to go back to the range where I was already in. So these are things you can look at while you see your selected tracks. Like, okay, BPM wise, which tracks would fit? And okay, I have a bunch of songs in that range, but I also have a bunch of songs in a different range. Now I'm gonna find out how I can combine the two and make that work. Now, I'm definitely gonna be looking at energy. Like I said, energy is important. I'm not gonna start because sometimes I've heard mixes that would start with an incredibly powerful energetic song and the next song would be way lower in energy. And then you're like, whoa, wait a minute, what just happened? You pulled me in with like high octane energy and now you're taking me back down straight away. That's a really weird emotion to have at the beginning of a mix. So if you start high energy, then you should stay high energy. Now, possibly you could maybe halfway through a mix, like totally bring it down and then go back up again. But you do want to be consistent in your beginnings. If you start with a mellow vibe, you start with the mellow vibe and slowly work your way up. If you start with energy, you have to stick with that energy uh, for a while. Now, there are other things that you can take into consideration depending on probably your selection process as well. If there's a certain theme going on, and you have song titles that have the same type of topics, maybe you want to link certain tracks because you know this track has a title with a certain word in it, and you have another song that has a hook where they use that same word. That gives you possibilities to maybe find creative ways to blend the two because they have a similar, either similar topic or similar words in there. This is why it's important to know your music. So when you're looking at your selection, you can see like, ah, that's cool. I can fit those two together. And then from there, I can take it to this song because that kind of leads into that next song that also has the same topic or same theme, you name it. I mean, there's multiple ways to look at your songs. Then since wordplay is also a thing, I can also take that into consideration. So if I look at a song and I know that there's a phrase in that song where the beat cuts out, and the artist says something and ends with a word. And I see that I have another song that has that word as the title. You don't have to do it, but there's options there. You can start to get creative that way. 
So that's why you go through your music, know your music, look at the titles, BPM, all of those things I take into consideration when I start to make a track list. Now, the track list I end up with will most likely be my order, but now I have to actually test everything. And sometimes I do try out things that I thought looked good on paper, but then when I try them together, either they don't sound right together or they don't have a good transition option or not as good as another song that I also have in my selection. I'm gonna try out the transitions. So I'm gonna take a look at each and every song and I'm gonna decide like, okay, now for instance, if I'm doing a set where I can go from a warm up vibe to a more high energy vibe, I might in the beginning of the mix play songs longer. So maybe I'll play songs for two verses and two hooks instead of going for one, one. So I'm gonna take a look. I'm gonna take the second hook. I'm gonna do my transition here. I'm gonna take a look at my next song. Does it have a nice intro that I can use? Yes, this one has eight bars of beat. Let's go, let's try it out. So now I'm gonna match the beats, make the tempo work, bring it in, listen to how it sounds. Okay, in this case, I can just do a clean eight bar transition, all good. Or maybe I decide right then and there on the spot, like, okay, I'm gonna do four bars, and after those four bars, I'm gonna scratch with the outgoing track because that's gonna sound good with this one. Then I hit the echo, and then the new one begins. I mean, a lot of times I will use the exact same techniques that I use when I play live, but now I get to look in advance and see like which trick or which technique would work best. Does it work better if I bring that new track in, full volume, full EQ, like I mentioned before? Or is this one that I wanna bring in subtly? Those are things you can now test because you wanna have the best end result. With some tracks, it just sounds better when you bring them in and people can straight away hear like, oh, that's that song. Sometimes it works better just bring it in subtle and then halfway through the transition, now you're switching the EQ and then people start to realize, oh, wow, this song is coming. So that's what you can try out there. You can check out the length of the mixes, see if transitions work, test the EQ settings, see which EQ setting is gonna sound best. Are you gonna use effects for certain parts? I mean, I'm not a big effects guy, but some people are. This is something you're gonna check out in advance as well. What's gonna work best? This is also the time when you can look at your songs and find possible problems. Hey, this track only has a two bar intro. Okay, now you know it in advance and you can decide what to do with that. Should I activate a loop and bring it in on loop? Because that way I can actually mix it throughout the entire course of the other song. Or should I do something different with it and make it a very short transition? Now, I probably choose the loop because that's gonna work. Or if I want to, I can actually go back into the editing process and just copy paste that beginning to make it from a two bar to an eight bar beginning. These are things you're gonna look at. Same thing with your cue points. You set cue points for the tracks when you were preparing your music, and now you gotta see if there's a special reason for certain cue points. Okay, this cue point goes to a break. I was only gonna play this track for one verse, one hook, but this track has a really dope break, which comes later in the track. So maybe instead of just playing one verse, one hook, I'm gonna do the verse, and then from the verse, either play the hook and then go into the break, or do the verse and then do the break, and go to a hook. These are things you can decide, which is a great thing about preparing a set, because when I'm freestyling and I'm playing live, I don't have time to decide 
to do that unless I know the song really well. But otherwise I might miss that opportunity. And sometimes after I've done a set, I do realize like, ooh, I could have done that because that's the song with the break I forgot. If I would have checked that in advance, I could have done that. So while you're going through this process and you're deciding which tracks you're gonna play in which order, you're looking at the BPM, you're looking at your EQ settings, make sure you take notes. So make sure you write this down on your computer, on your phone. So you have a nice little notepad, which can tell you exactly what to do. Actually, real funny, I was cleaning up here in the studio and I found this. If you're listening to the podcast, you won't be able to see it. If you're watching the video, you can see it, but all you just saw is that I'm holding a piece of paper. This right here is my note from my Gangstar mix that you can still find on my old YouTube channel, my DJ TLM YouTube channel. This is the entire track list. It's 25 songs. It tells me which song I start with. It tells me the speed. So track number one in this case is a long way to go. I played it at plus four and it says L, meaning that I wanted this song on the left deck. Also important for some of you, for me, for instance, I can do different scratches on the left and on the right deck. While I'm doing the preparation process, I can decide like, hey, I'm gonna start with song one on the right side because I wanna bring song two in and do a transform scratch, which I can do better on my left deck. Some of you might not have that issue. I have that issue, so I decide in advance where I'm gonna place the songs. Then the second song was full clip, zero on the right side. Then the third song is BYS, plus one and a half, left deck, and then it says loop. Then I have a couple of other suggestions or things here. So all tempo and L R L R. And then I have one that says minus two and a half. And then it says zero, meaning that I started it at minus two and a half. And then I brought it up slowly, I guess, to zero. And then I have a song that says that I have to cut the song at a certain word. So all of these little notes right here, they help me out when I start to actually practice the set because now I've been through it, I've made a track list, I tested the transitions and these transitions work. I know the exact tempo everything has to play at, know which deck I have to load it into. Now I have to practice it to see if I can actually do it as smooth and fast as possible. So you start to practice that set and that is also gonna show if there are certain pitfalls you weren't aware of. So, okay, this takes me a little bit longer to do. So for instance, with the one song where I start at minus two and a half and then I go to zero. Nowadays, if you have DJ software or a certain hardware and you have master tempo, it's not gonna be as noticeable if you go from minus two and a half to zero. When you didn't have master tempo, that's a big difference. So you had to do it real slowly. Those are things you find out while you're practicing your set. Like this is gonna take me this long because if I do it faster, you're gonna really hear it. So I need at least so many seconds to do that. And that can only be experienced by practicing your set. So you practice these transitions until you feel you can comfortably do them so that you can do them without having all of the notes there because when you're doing it live, you're not gonna have a, a notepad that tells you exactly what to do, most likely. Now, you could actually do that by adding it to your metadata, putting it in the song title, 
So you can put like title of the track and then plus two. So you know you have to go plus two. You could do that, but it's probably not going to be such a great look if you go to a club and then you have this right next to your set and you're looking at that and then mixing. So you want to actually prepare this and know it by heart basically or have a digital note in your system so you can take a, take a sneak peek at it. So that's just an example and that's from a long time ago. But that is basically how I would still approach uh, a prepared set if I do one now. I haven't done one in a long time, but that is basically what I would do. All right, so let's take a minute to talk about the cons because we talked about the purpose of playing a prepared set. And there are definitely situations where a prepared set can really increase your performance, really help you out, overcome nerves, you name it. But there are plenty of situations where a prepared set or when a prepared set might not be your best option and that it can actually backfire. And I've seen this happen many a times. When you prepare your set and you're going to perform that set, everything is set. You have your list of songs and you're going to run down that list. But what happens when you play in front of a crowd that is not into your set? And like I said, I've seen this happen plenty of times. You start to play songs and I see DJs playing. And by song three, it's pretty obvious that the crowd that is attending that venue doesn't feel that style at all. And now you continue on with song four and five and six. And the crowd is leaving the dance floor. Some people are even leaving the venue. You continue with song seven and eight and nine and 10. People start to complain. They complain to the bouncers. I've had people come up to me because I did a set. It was the other DJ's turn. Famous DJ, not naming names. But that DJ came in with an idea of, okay, this is what I'm going to play. That did not work for our crowd here in Amsterdam. And after like 15 to 20 minutes, I had people and i mean people after people after people coming up to the dj booth asking and some begging like when are you gonna play again so me and also another dj from amsterdam because they knew we played what they liked we knew that crowd this dj had no idea this was an american dj and that dj came in with a style that was hot at the moment in the us but was not really it, it hadn't caught on here yet so it really fell on deaf ears. And in this case, the DJ did not have the foresight or insight or even sight <laughs> to see that it wasn't working. So the biggest con is if you prepare a set and your crowd doesn't align with what you selected, then your set is not going to work. Some DJs are able to just switch. So some DJs might come in with a prepared set and if they see it doesn't work, they have the, the the skill, the experience to just say, okay, this is not going to be it today. Let me grab this folder and let's see what they do like. But a lot of DJs who play, play prepared sets, play prepared sets because they just don't play freestyle. So this is their go-to way to play. That happens. I see those DJs and they don't know what to do because they already went down this path of their prepared set and it's not working, they need to take a turn, but they don't know how to do that. That to me is the biggest downside of playing a prepared set. Now for some DJs, this will never be an issue because you have certain DJs that will attract a crowd 
And that crowd is actually their fan base. So wherever they go, they're playing for people who come to hear exactly their style. If that's the case, you basically can't go wrong as a DJ because you know, like, hey, this is how I play. I'm going to play. I'm going to make a selection in my style. And the audience that is there is there to hear me play my style. If that's the case for you, you are one of the lucky ones. And then you can choose to do a prepared set and be fine. I would say there's no reason to do that because that crowd is going to love your style anyway. So you could also just play freestyle and have fun with it. But if you have the time and you like prepared sets, that is one way to know that you won't bomb with a prepared set. But for a lot of DJs, you play in venues for crowds that are not there specifically for you. And then you better have very good knowledge of what the crowd wants to hear at that venue. Because if you come in with a prepared set and the set uh, consists of songs that they don't like, that's an issue. The second con is not that the people don't like what you play. They're actually really into what you play. But you're the third DJ playing and the two DJs before you basically played everything you have in your prepared set. That is also something I've seen happen a lot. Your set was actually pretty cool. Like the songs you went in there, they were dope. But if that song was played 20 minutes before you went on, it's not going to have the impact because the crowd is going to be like, yo, did you not pay any attention to just what happened? We've been chilling to these songs for the last hour and now you're playing a lot of the same songs. What's going on? Sometimes the crowd will just be like, okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, we love the song. We already heard it, but we'll just continue to dance. But the energy is not going to be there. They're not going to give you the same type of reaction compared to when they hear it the first time. And I've also seen DJs panic, DJs that still had to go on. And then a DJ before them played a song and they walked over to the DJ with like eyes this big, like like a deer in headlights, like, get that song out. I'm, I have that song on my set. Your DJ is like, what do I have to do with your set? I mean, I'm playing here too. So they panicked because they knew like, hey, I prepared a set and now you're playing a song from that set. And they knew that it was not going to have the same impact if they now still played it. But they didn't really want to adjust their set or didn't know how to do that on the spot. So that's a tricky one. Now, what some DJs will do is they'll actually make a list, a do not playlist. There's DJs out there that do that. I opened up for Grandmaster Flash a couple of years ago here, and he had one of those lists. And uh, I mean, much respected the legend for sure. And he had a pretty dope set, but that list was very long. Ton, a ton of like hip hop hits, like the golden era hip hop, hip hop hits. He basically had most of them on that list. And that was a do not playlist. Now, luckily for me, I was playing a set before him. I opened up for him. I opened up on a warm-up vibe that had totally different songs in there anyway. And the songs in there that had more energy weren't really the songs that he was going to have in there because I knew he was going to be the primetime DJ. So I was not going to play a lot of the bangers anyway. But that is one way some, some people will try to prevent that from happening because he had a prepared set. So he wanted to make sure no other DJs would play the song because he knew that was going to take away from the impact. And again, the one last thing that I would consider a con for some is the fact that preparing a set takes a lot of time. And especially if you are a busy DJ or DJing is one of the things you do and you have a lot going on every day. 
finding the time, the hours it would take to prepare a set, and it takes it's going to take hours. And if you have multiple gigs every week and you want to prepare different sets for different venues, that's going to take up a lot of time. And I know a lot of us just don't have that time. But you also don't want to play the same prepared set for weeks on end in different clubs in the same area. That's not going to work either. So to each his own, and I do believe it's a good idea to make sure you at least try to be able to play freestyle. Try to be able to play for an audience just by reading the crowd. And again, like I talked about in the previous episodes, when you select your tracks and you prepare your music, going to a gig prepared will help you out a lot. So not having a prepared set, but going there prepared. So, you know, you have a selection of music based on the people that attend a club like that. Your music files are in order. That's going to take away a lot of the initial stress you might have. Now, if you did your homework right, and indeed your selection fits the crowd, then most likely what you play is going to work. But if you have the skill to read the audience's reaction, they can steer you like, okay, they like this, but they really like this, or they don't like this as much. So let me try this. Cool. That is what they like. I got more right here. Let me test this. Oh yeah, that works too. Cool. I can do that. If you at least have that skill, you learn how to do that, then you won't panic as much when you do have something prepared and it doesn't work. So playing prepared sets can be dope, but try to be able to switch if necessary. That can save you for real. So that's it when it comes to my experience, my process with prepared sets, the pros and cons of playing prepared sets. And I think, like I said in the beginning, for beginner DJs, it can be a good idea to prepare a couple of short mixes just in case you either feel so much anxiety coming up when you need to start a set that you can say like, oh, I'm just so nervous. I can't think right now. Play the five minutes of a prepared set that you have just to give yourself that starting point to take it from there. Now, of course, if you know that you're just hella nervous, then you should probably prepare your entire sets. But again, you do also want to take the opportunity to learn how to read a crowd and work off that. What you can do when you're playing your prepared set is still try to learn how to read that crowd because some people will play their prepared set and just focus on their set and forget to look at the audience. That's my example about the American DJ. That DJ clearly was not paying attention to the crowd because he was killing the dance floor, but not in a good way. Like, like. The dance floor was getting emptier and emptier. He was parting that like the Red Sea. That was not a good look. If he was paying attention, he could have caught on like, oh, this is not working. Because I know that DJ knows more than the stuff he was playing then. I know that. But he wasn't paying attention. So if you're playing a prepared set, make sure every time you bring in a new song, you look at the crowd, you listen. Did they react when that came in? Did you hear the crowd react when you brought that new song in? Are they still dancing? Are they showing more energy, like 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 more animated moves, more hands in the air, you name it. All of that stuff matters, and you can actually practice that during your prepared set. Now, even if you don't have the skill yet to make the switch, so your prepared set isn't working, if you at least practice to be aware of the fact like, oh, I lost them at that track. 
Now you learned a little bit about reading the crowd. It's not going to help the rest of your set that day, unfortunately, but it is an option to learn. So please do not just focus on your prepared set. Still look at the crowd. That's it for episode 89. Episode 90 is going to be about, I don't know yet. So make sure you tune in next week. I hope you enjoy this new format. So if you're listening or watching on a platform where you can leave comments, let me know if you like the new podcast format where I just take one topic and dedicate the entire episode to that one topic. I personally really enjoy doing it this way. This to me feels like it adds more value compared to doing the Q&A here. And if you do want to ask me questions and join a Q&A, you can join my live Q&A. I do STK Live, Share the Knowledge Live, every Wednesday. So make sure you tune into that, 8 p.m. Central European Time. And that is basically everywhere. So you can check that out on Mixcloud, on Facebook, on YouTube, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, and on Twitch. So just make sure you follow me on social so you don't miss out on the new content, the new live streams, and the new podcast episodes. If you're listening to the podcast on a platform that allows you to rate the podcast, do me a favor and please rate this podcast. Share the knowledge, share the podcast, share my videos. I want to thank you for tuning in. I'll be back next week with a new episode of Share the Knowledge, the podcast for DJs. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you like the video and share the video. If you're new to my channel, make sure you subscribe and activate the notification so you won't miss out on any future episodes. I'll be back next week. Until then, peace.